Hey, I want to invite you guys, if you've been listening to this podcast and enjoying this content and are passionate about protection, you should know that we have an entire library of all of the protector symposiums that we've ever done uh, hosted at protectornation.com. You can go there and you can download those and you can watch every protector symposium we've had to date there online and you can learn protection tactics from the most, some of the most elite trainers in the world from the comfort of your own home. I think you'll be surprised about how much content we actually have there. Uh, It's very, very, very reasonably priced and you can upgrade your protection skills. Remember, protection is not all about the hard skills. 90% of it is all about the software, the programming, the way you see and move in the world to achieve a safer pattern of life. With that having been said, go to protectornation.com, join us there, learn from the best of the best. Now, enjoy the show. Boom, hello and welcome to the Protector Nation podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to making the world a better place, making the world a safer place by making good people dangerous. In this podcast, we're going to study and understand what it takes to protect, to protect your family, to protect your loved ones, because we all know that you have a few basic needs, food, water, and shelter, but you also have the need to protect those things in a world and society where evil runs rampant and is sometimes left unchecked. Learning how to protect yourselves and your loved ones is becoming more and more important. And so we strive to raise the level of accountability to those who would do evil on this planet by making sure that the sheep, that the flock, is more well-versed in protecting themselves and their loved ones. If that sounds interesting to you, then sit back and enjoy the show. Out. Boom! What's up, you guys? Here we are for another episode of The Protector Podcast. I'm probably going to air this one on both. It's going to be awesome. We've got the honor of having Tim Ballard with us. How are you doing, sir? Great. Thanks for having me on the show. Super excited. Heck yeah, man. It's definitely an honor. I mean, you guys have been doing some amazing things in the realm of human trafficking for quite some time. We've been, I mean, I feel like you guys are kind of the big dogs on the block when it comes to that. And uh, I think it's one of the most righteous battles for a protector to be involved in these days. So no, thank you for all you're doing. Absolutely. I always like to start off the podcast with, um, you know, kind of a question to help people understand who the man is behind the work, you know, you know, who would you say you are at your core? You know, who's the man that's 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 doing all this stuff? Well, I would say that uh, the thing that drives me uh, is is my faith in, in, in God and uh, my belief that that God's children are not for sale. And uh, and my belief that Jesus meant what he said when he said that it's better that a millstone be wrapped around your neck and you toss to the bottom of the sea than that you should hurt children. So that's at my core. I'd say that's. That's, I think, why what motivates me <laughs> is I, I'll have a meeting with my maker someday and I want it to be a good one. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. I love that, man. And I I, uh, I cite that verse quite a bit as well. It's awesome the impact you've been, been able to have doing this work. Just so everyone's familiar with you, what what's your background? You know, where'd you come from? How'd you get to where you are? Sure. Thanks so much. So I, yeah, so I, I spent 12 years as a special agent and undercover operator for the U.S. government for the Department of Homeland Security. I mostly worked child crimes, child trafficking. I, I, 10 of those years was on the southern border with Mexico and and just was shocked, astonished at how enormous this problem was um, and also saddened by how slow 
um, the bureaucracy, no, no one individual, I mean, the individuals are amazing. We're all fighting too many battles, you know, and with jurisdictional limitations and bureaucracy and red tape. And it's just like, I mean, these are kids. You, you can't afford to, 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 to move so slowly sometimes. And, and so in, in, in year 12, I, I was working on a couple of cases. One was a, a little boy, an American citizen of Haitian descent who was moved this family back to Haiti, two years old and was kidnapped, trafficked. Another case was in Colombia where I had done a training with the U S state department on how to, training federal agents there on how to do these cases. And both of those kind of turned into a big, bigger cases and rescue opportunities. But in both instances, I was told to come home. And this is in 2012 because either we didn't have the resources or we didn't have the jurisdiction or whatever it was. And it was at that point that I just said, I can't, I can't, I can't go home. Like there's real kids here. Um, right. I've committed emotionally. I've committed to God. I've committed to the children. And so we did this crazy thing. My wife and I, jumped into this uh to this very unknown world of trying to start a nonprofit and privatize the rescue of children and we we had we had pretty good success really good success in fact on both of those operations uh, in, in in Haiti we ended up rescuing 28 children wow. um, two of which my wife and I ended up adopting so they've been home for 4 years and the other one was the one in Colombia and and that that resulted in one of the largest rescues of all time that I know of in and a feature film uh, about that is releasing on July 4th, starring Jim Caviezel and Mayor Savino called The Sound of Freedom. So that that whole story is going to be told on the big screen with Angel Studios uh, distributing. So, Heck yeah. The Sound of Freedom. That's awesome. That just sounds like that's a good title. And that's a real life, like based on real world account uh, of what you've done over there by the grace of God. Yes. And we'll send you it. We'll send you the trailer if you don't have it so you can. Now at the time people were buying tickets right now and July 4th is the is the release day. Well, that's awesome. Um, it's amazing. You know, it's, I think it's amazing how God prepares us for what it is we're going to do with our lives. You know, what would you say a little off topic, but what would you say to anyone, you know, that's maybe looking for their calling uh, and looking to find that thing? It seems like you definitely found your thing. What would you say to anyone who might be doing something right now? And they're like, well, how do I how do I discover that? I love that question because I feel like I have a pretty good idea what the answer might be. It's awesome. you know, if you really want your calling and you want God to be the one giving it to you, you can almost rest assured of one thing that it's not going to be easy. He's not, gonna, he's not going to ask you to do something. E if you're really, really serious, <laughs> right. Right? like I will do what you want. It's not going to be some easy little thing. He's going to say, okay, let's go. Let's go. And yeah. that's what he did to me. You know, in the second week of December, 2013, I was freaking out because I was about to turn my badge in and my gun in and we were going to go launch these operations. We had just raised enough money. Um, thanks to uh, Glenn Beck who learned about this and just said, I'll fund these operations for you. But, 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 but that was going to be it. Like that was going to last from December to June. And, mm -hmm. and I remember being very cowardice, even though we had received my wife and I so many manifestations spiritually saying you must do this you must do this and mm -hmm. and ultimately i i just was so cowardice i just said i can't i can't leave this very stable job the most stable job maybe in the world as a federal agent and now i'm going to go into probably the least statistically speaking probably the least uh stable job starting a nonprofit, five percent right. of which make it past year one um 
or, or only 5% of which make it past right. your Okay. So, um, a very frightening time. And, and it was my wife that kind of reminded me like, look, this is a calling. Like you asked for this, God yeah. answered and she grabbed me like this. She said, she, and she's usually, a, she's usually sweet, you know, but yeah, but sometimes you got to get after it. You know, so she, she's, and these are exact words. I'll never forget because it just like knocked me out, knocked me out. She said, I will not let you jeopardize my salvation wow. by not doing this. Wow. And when she said that, I was like, all right, okay. let's we're go. <laughs> if we lose everything and we're living in a tent. She's like, I don't care. I don't care. What I care is we know what God told us to do. And it's it's hard. It's going to wow. suck. It's going to like, we, we have, we don't even know what's going to happen. We got to go. And, and so that's why I say, if you're really open, he'll ask you to do some crazy stuff. Yeah. He'll put you through what I call the blue flame. The, blue flame, the hottest part of the flame. And if, if you let him, he'll put you through it and refine you. Yes. And, 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 and you can, we can get some things done for him in his name that are pretty, uh, pretty astonishing. And, and that's what played out over that year with those two big operations. And, and today we, we you know, we're 140 employees. Um, I actually run another organization called the Nazarene Fund, which mm. we also do uh, uh, rescue operations, um, focusing mostly on persecuted Christians around the world. Love um, it. And so we're, we're, you know, we have quite an army. It, you know, it worked. It worked. But, you know, he didn't show me all that in the beginning, right? He just shows you the first steps. Yeah. And, and you you got to put your faith in him. It's it's scary, man. Yeah. <laughs> It's like walking on water, man. <laughs> you know, you only see the next step. It really is. And, you know, it's, it's, but I think through all of it, it's so one of the hugest takeaways, at least that I would say that I've learned is it just shows you how big he is. Like, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm only 37 and I've done some things and I couldn't and wouldn't want to take credit for any success I've ever had. And I couldn't have done it without him guiding me and protecting me and leading me. And it's, there's so many situations like that where I'm like, this is what we're going to do. And everyone's like, no, you're not. And then, you know, people around me are like, I love you. <laughs> you're like, but it's what it is. What's going to happen is what I got to do, you know, That's but right. then you, you get used to it. You kind of honestly start being like, well, this is the direction he wants me to go. And you get some struggle credentials and your faith actually becomes like uh it's like an equity it's like i have to pay for this absolutely it's such a beautiful way to live i want everyone to know about this way to live so i love this this is so good uh that's awesome so digging back into the well real quick a little bit more on the nazarene project like yeah and i think most people know more about you know underground railroad but uh let's dig into that real quick yeah the nazarene fund was founded in 2014 uh, by glenn beck um and, and it was almost an accident. Mm -hmm. uh, this is ISIS. ISIS rolled in in, in 1415 into the Middle East and just started demolishing Christian villages mm -hmm. and enslaving people and horrific things. The Yazidi people, a peaceful people that lived side by side with the Christian communities in, in northern Iraq and Syria, they were just forced immediately into sex slavery, children, and, and no one was doing anything. You know, it's it's not politically correct, apparently, to help Christians, right? Even right. though Christians are the most persecuted group by far in the world, and <laughs> and we we actually the Nazarene Fund we help all persecuted minorities, religious groups, everyone, everyone. It's equally, but actually awesome. it was like who's going to help our Christian brothers getting just destroyed by ISIS? 
So Glenn raised all this money and he moved, um, I think 10, 15,000 people moved him out. Got wow. him into safety, Australia, Canada, some other places. And then we, some of them started coming back. We started helping them rebuild their villages um, uh, like Botnaya and others I've been to. It's just amazing, this faith of these people. You know, these, these Christians in the Middle East, we don't realize, I mean, they, 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 um, their genealogy, their, their ancestry is, you know, their, their direct lineage. Of... <laughs> right, right. They, they wow. became Christians at the feet of Jesus. Like right. this is, this is their, their, their history. And the, the American Christians were kind of just like dumb hmm. to it, you know, just kind of, yeah. what's going on? Help these people. Like these are sacred sites. These are biblical lands that ISIS was trying to destroy. And, um, but what happened was um, ISIS started kidnapping these kids. Okay. And even, you know, and so Glenn Beck called me in like 2017 and said, Hey, this is now operations like rescue operations. Mm -hmm. This is not just moving people. Will you take it over? So I took it over in 2017 and became the CEO of the Nazarene Fund. And we're continuing to work all in that region. Um, it's horrific. We're seeing organ harvesting with yeah. the kids, sex trafficking the kids, they organ harvest, which is, I mean, we, we had these baby factories in, in, in the Middle East, also in, in Western um Africa. And that what they'll do is they'll, these traffickers, they'll kidnap uh, women and young women, mostly like mentally, mentally hand, handicapped women and, and just keep them perpetually pregnant. So they just have these babies that we call the baby factory. They just take these babies and sell their organs or sell them for, for ritualistic satanic ritual abuse that's going on all through these regions. Um, and so the, the, the Nazarene fund, we get into some pretty dark, dark stuff. Yeah. Um, in 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 our in our attempt to help the, the those minor those religious minorities who are just getting beat up. Wow, that's such a mission. That's such an amazing mission. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm glad we I was glad we were able to talk a little bit about that. It's so needed, you know. And that quote, I mean, all that is necessary for evil to thrive is for good men to do nothing. It's just, it's so. I mean, it's always been relevant, but it's becoming even more relevant. Maybe it's just because we have more visibility through technology of, of some of the things that are happening. But I just, you know, I want people to understand how they, I feel like everyone has something they can do. And we'll kind of maybe towards the end of this, talk about how good people can start to do things, you know, how they can support you guys and things like that. But thank God for folks like you, man. And I'm I'm right behind you. You know, I'm gonna, I'm definitely figuring out my way to impact this, this part of the battle space for the kingdom, 100%. It's an honor. What would you say? So back on the human trafficking stuff, just to give some people some understanding. One, just a rough number. How many kids do you think your organization has been able to rescue or impact positively through your efforts? So in, in terms of direct rescues, um, sure. we're above 7,000 um, and about 5,000 arrests. We, we're conservative in how we count our numbers. But if we were to look at preventative rescues, yeah. Like, that arrest number, there's some studies that, that indicate that a human trafficker or a pedophile will hurt up to 117 children in a lifetime. So wow. if, if you go, how many kids were rescued that never knew they were rescued, right? right. They never needed rescuing because their 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 captor was put away before. That number gets up to like 600,000 plus. Wow. So yeah, I'm, I'm just so grateful for the, the work that our teams have been able to do. We have the best people in aftercare and, and in operations. Um, we're in five regions across the world and, and doing these operations constantly, supporting law enforcement, um, you know, giving training, technology, going undercover, 
uh, as needed. You know, the United States, unfortunately, we are uh, the number one demand for child exploitation material. We're also in the top three for destination countries mm. for human trafficking. So unfortunately, we are what the, we are what the traffickers are looking for to service. Right. So we we can get a lot of um, cases for our, our our government partners overseas, and they ask us to play the role of a American sex tourist. So we can infiltrate pretty pretty quick and get the intel back to prosecution, and they can really make big a big difference in the in the lives of these kids and 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 and, and you know these human traffickers. And you said top four in the destinations for these uh, sex tourists. So these activities are happening heavy back here. You don't have to go to another nation. These things are happening here in American soil at high high clip. That's right. It used to be, you know, these sex tourists would have to travel, but hey, we can make more money if we can bring the kids to you. Um, And so we're seeing a, a, a big influx in numbers coming into the United States. A lot of it's digital. A lot of it's online. They're, the bad guys here are a little more clever because uh, mm-hmm. we have better law enforcement. I, I just produced a documentary that will be coming out soon called It's Happening Right Here. Good. It talks about how human trafficking and child exploitation uh, affects our children here here in the United States. Wow. That's, I mean, awesome work. But just to know that that, I just want people to know that this stuff is happening, man. Disneyland's down the street and it's happening right now as we sleep in our beds. Um 24-7. How bad, you kind of touched on this, do you have any kind of intel on how big this industry is, just so people can understand how big this dragon is? It's alarming. It's alarming how big it is. It would shock people. Um, so the amount of money that's made on the backs of slave children right. and adults, whether it's labor, sex, organ harvesting, is $150 billion a year. Um, the amount of money that's actually exchanged in the buying and selling of people is 32 billion um according to the department of labor state un uh the numbers have the kids at about six million kids today six million kids who are in those three categories and it's i I believe it because everywhere we go looking for it it's there wow and and so it's 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 something so big and it's interesting that to me i I watch the news and i think shouldn't this be the headline every day and then we can let's solve this one because I think right. this is the last issue on the planet that we we should all agree on. Right, it's getting strange in, in weird ways where yeah. children are being protected like they should be. But um, but I wish that were the headline. And then after we solve that, now we can get into our tribal wars. I know, and whatever. Oh <laughs> crap! Is I know. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Like, there's got to be that one thing, man. It's the most sacred thing. It's I, you know, if the kids aren't safe, nothing's safe. Like nothing's okay. safe absolutely nothing and so yeah man i i feel like it's one of those i disagree with jesus be better than that <laughs> stuff died around right. <laughs> i tell people you know yeah. it's the only time i think you know i i read the bible a lot and i think it's yeah. the only time we can say jesus gets mafioso yeah man. that's what the mafia does to people right jesus so it's righteous yes like man he did not pull punches on where he stands oh. here nope we better listen 100 <laughs> and like part of being righteous is loving what he loves and hating what he hates right. there's some things in there that he mentions that he hates and a righteous person hates those things and so this whole tolerance thing is I, I, you know i don't tolerate certain things man i don't think any of us should and it sounds like jesus didn't either you know <laughs> it's in the red. i love that man um is it 
easier or more difficult to rescue children's children in the U.S. as opposed to other countries? So this is such a great question. You know, other countries have a culture where they accept work from from private entities, NGOs, nonprofits. Okay. Um, and the U.S. doesn't have that culture, even less like in Western Europe. So mm-hmm. it's been it's been a harder. Mm-hmm. It's, it's I, I'll say it's very successful now. We we are we have or are working in all fifty states in awesome. some capacity, um, but it took some time to gain the trust and say it's okay. A private public partnership, it's okay. We got to get outside the box. The traffickers mm-hmm. are working outside the box. We got to oh, yeah. get outside the box. Um, so one of our favorite tools in the U.S. that we have is we we have these dogs, these canines. Okay. Drug sniffing dogs or bomb sniffing dogs, but they sniff out digital media. They, there's a glue component mm. inside every uh, microchip for cell phones, micro SD cards. These pedophiles are getting really smart because they know they're being watched now, right? So they put their stuff, like a, a video of a child just being raped or whatever. Like maybe the only evidence that exists that this child yeah. is being is on a micro SD card hidden under the floorboard of some pedophile's house, and they hide oh. it there. And you know, you can the amount of gigabytes you can now put on a tiny micro. Well, these dogs forget it. You put them in the house on the search warrant, and man, they run right to that thing. They find it, and it's boom. It's they, we got these guys. Dead to right. We have I, I want to say about seventy dogs we've deployed oh. around the US so far, and we want to have you know two thousand and seventy dogs. Every wow. every unit, every child crimes unit in the planet needs to have one of these dogs. We have one overseas and. And supporting our Asia office, yeah, and, and he he's amazing. He's he's a hero. These dogs are heroes, man. They they yeah. save kids, and they and they also they serve as as kind of um therapy dogs too. The kids like think this dog helped you, and they get to meet the dog that helped them. It's it's really it's really sweet. It's 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 man it's really programs we have. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. And it's just, I mean, the battlefield's always evolving, man. So it's good to see that you guys are evolving with it, you know. And that's kind of one of the advantages the bad guys have is that they're always evolving the game and then we have to like you know sign all the boxes get everyone to sign off on it we gotta play man that's the problem we have all these rules to follow they don't have any rules to follow yeah keep up with them right i mean yeah man. that's always a struggle when you're especially when you're trying to do things right and then you know sometimes people get in there make the wrong rules and you know that's that's the game but that's awesome to see and it's cool i mean even with your story going you know going from federal to private you know it's kind of a little bit more of that freedom you know i would imagine we have a lot of freedom the only problem is you got to fund yourself that's 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 the (laughs) that's the little tiny obstacle in 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 having freedom yeah (laughs) people have supported us and we've been blessed and and we've been able to continue to grow so 100 what would you say are uh and thank God, and real quick, thank God for the good people that are willing to fund and and, and drive Absolutely. these engines. And without them, you know, here we are. Uh, Warrior needs the support uh, to get out there and do what we're designed to do. Um, what would you say is the most difficult thing? What's the sticking point in an operation? You know, is it getting funding? Is it bureaucracy? What do you guys rest grapple with when it comes to trying to get it, get the job done? You know, I, I wish I should I should have to say. The traffickers, right? Because they're so right. good. They're the bad people. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's not the answer. We're pretty, we're pretty good at that part. Um, mm-hmm. The hard part is fighting the good guys. And what I mean by put in, you know, the, air quotes. the good guys, um, the the amount of of persecution we face 
mm-hmm. from people at home, whether it's competing organizations, which yeah. they feel their hearts really fast when they want to repeat a rumor or they want to lie about us because we, we got big so fast. Um, mm-hmm. News outlets that are completely dishonest, mm-hmm. you know, like, for example, like Vice, Vice Magazine. Yeah. It's no surprise they follow up their hit pieces on us with, with hey, don't call them pedophiles. Call them minor attracted persons because they're protected groups. Are you Red out flag. of your mind? Red like, <laughs> like we, we call them pedophile. Well, pedophiles mean. That's right. It's mean. It's supposed to be mean. It's supposed to be a red flag. You know, don't normalize this thing. Um, but we're sexualizing our kids, and so we're fighting. See, I'm wearing this shirt for a reason, right? Like right. what we're doing. Our, you know, politics is is trumping kids sometimes. Often, um, you know, like these sex ed programs. I'm. I'm I used to arrest people, no joke, for giving to children, right? This is under federal statutes. Right. For giving to children what our teachers, public school teachers, are giving to children. Like, uh-huh. I'm looking at these books. Yeah. I'm like, this is pornography. It's like yeah. sexual positions and, like, for for a third grader. Explicit ex- explanations and directions. Oh, my gosh, it's horrifying. And I, I know pedophile groups. And yeah. studying these guys like the North American Man Boy Love Association, we just took down that's that's a US based group that's mm-hmm. trying to advocate for decriminalizing sex with children. And we just took down a major group out of Holland that were fugitives and running sex pro child sex uh, hotels and things like this. Huge case we did last year um, from Ukraine to Mexico to Ecuador. I mean, it's crazy. But I, I learned about their literature, they're a political organization, or they were before we took them down in Holland. And a lot of their literature, a lot of their doctrines, we'll call them, mm. like like almost are verbatim what you're seeing, this godless movement happening with, with what I might call the woke. I don't want to offend anyone, but I don't, right. I don't know what else to call it. But it's just like, guys, I'm not saying you're talking to pedophiles, but I am saying this. You're making pedophiles salivate. Yeah. Like when you provide children with this kind of material and then you teach them to to masturbate to it so they they get addicted to it right by the time 12 or 13 years old you've turned them into into little sex addicts which right. is exactly what the pedophiles want because now they can come in and now with this whole thing where a child can consent to doing anything to their own bodies which is like man i've, I've raised i'm libertarian do what you want to do when you're an adult right i i've raised <laughs> i've had nine kids like 13 year olds are, 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 are in no position <laughs> to to make these decisions but What's going to happen even worse than what's happening is if you can consent to to gender mutilation, you can certainly consent to having sex with a 50 year old. You can't you, you've already got rid of all the science and the God and the and all the, the values the, that protect the values. Innocent. You've already got rid of those. So you can't you can't defend against it when 13 year old says, well, mom, I actually identify as a 50 year old and, and right. you can't stop it because you already told me it's OK to, to identify as something else. And these pedophiles are just waiting. They're watching us. I'm telling you. Right. I'm watching them watch us. Watch. <laughs> saying, thank you. Thank you, America, right. half of you at least, for doing our job. These kids are sitting ducks. And yeah. they haven't seen the worst yet. Yeah. No, absolutely. They're literally grooming the children at a mass level for this. And, you know, I mean, I, I think it's a bigger attack. I think that countries are only as strong as their men and their values, you know. So, uh these weak values, these weak, this, the, the, the character, you know, like what makes us strong, you know, like I get up and I go to the gym cause I have values, you know, and, and I, and I, and those values help me retain and value 
when I show up for people that love me, I show up as the fruit of that value system. You know, they can depend on me because I value that. They, I'll die for them. I'll work so that I'm valuable so that I can serve. These things are awesome. Now they want to outlaw them as if they were bad yesteryear ideas. But like you make someone, you make someone promiscuous and uh, feeling centric. <laughs> you know, like my feelings over everything, and 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 they can't take any feedback, and all these different things. You really, honestly, created uh, a, a weaker, more susceptible human to everything. That can that is a defenseless, like you know, it's and it's it's amazing. And and now that people are adopting, it, and the thing that scares me, honestly, is it's always people want it easier. Most people will if they have wake up early, work on yourself, have confidence versus sleep in, eat yogurt, and do whatever you want. You need parents to get you to this one. You know, you need Jesus and parents to get you here. Then you see the value and then you're like, this is nice. But, you know, this is like your organic kind of thing. And so I just, the speed at which adoption's happening to these lower value systems, it really does scare me. I feel like it's a national security concern almost. It is actually. Absolutely it is. I mean, in every way, it's national security, spiritual security. It's everything. Yep. We yeah. are you're falling apart as, as a nation yeah 100 what's your biggest uh what would be your biggest fear with regards to this battle what is the thing that you're like this is something that i don't want to see something that i want to guard against something i don't want to see come to fruition i think the thing that, that, that scares me the most is if we start codifying these these low level low vibe values that you're talking about and yeah. and laws start being formed around them. Yeah, I might not. I might be. I've always wanted to be out of business. Yeah, because there's no more kids to save. I'm I'm afraid I'll be out of business because there's no laws to enforce. Yeah, oh, wow. everything's no accountability. Everything's, everything's going to be legal, right? I mean, look what they're doing. Oregon just passed a bill um, that if, if 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 a parent says no 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 no, sweetie, 12, 13 year, you you can't you can't cut your your, your genitalia off. Yeah. Oh, well then the CPS can come and remove that child. And that child is now being so, okay. So what's next when that child wants to have sex with a 50 year old, this I'll be out of business. Cause I don't have, I, I have no loss. I'll, I'll, I'll be a rogue rescuing kids. I'll be a, a freaking criminal to yeah. rescue, like Robin hood or something. Like we're, we're violating yeah. the laws just to rescue kids. And that's my biggest fear is that, that and we we're not going to stop. We right. will not up i mean we will do what we need to do to rescue kids mm -hmm. um, i just hope that i always have laws on my side and i'm, I'm, I'm watching them kind of slip away <laughs> man that's a good one i've been thinking the same thing i've been sitting there watching everything happen and watching the world change and i'm like we are quickly approaching a time maybe hopefully not but probably i mean we know what you know the book of revelation talks about but i feel like we're approaching a time where like the only good and justice in the world is going to be the justice that good men and women carry out <laughs> you know like, is this I, I really hope we don't end up here but i'm almost well, looking my, at the weather my, my greatest heroes on the planet mm -hmm. including jesus right uh, my greatest heroes had to do it they had to defy culture sure. and laws to do the right thing like i have a picture of harriet tubman that sits over mm -hmm. my, my 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 mantle it's like what look what she was doing you know it's like yeah defying every law impossible to go back in, back in. She's free. She can go do whatever she wants. What does she do with it? She goes back in. Back into the game. And rescues people and doesn't stop. And, yeah. and these are the heroes that just like, 
if we have to, we, we have to fight, we can't give up the fight no matter what. Yeah. So. I agree with you hundred percent. What would you say about, um, how are these, at least stateside, how are these pedophiles getting access to children? Is there anything that you, you know, that you're seeing out there, any trends you can highlight, any protective measures parents can consider, you know, cause I, I mean, I had another guest on the podcast and, you know, she was, uh, I think, Vietnamese. And, you know, you look at her and you think, oh, well, you were trafficked in Vietnam. She's like, no, I was going to school in Irvine, California <laughs> when I was uh, shoved in a closet by my boyfriend. And, and you know, and this whole thing kicked off for however long. So, like, months and months until the cops kicked the door down. And luckily, uh, I got her. Emily Chan. She's in there in there if you guys want to go oh. back and find that episode. Um but, you know, with your guys' operations, are you guys seeing any avenues of approach that Absolutely. the FBI is using? Absolutely. It's it's every kind of digital communication Possibly. that we expose our children to. Yeah. And parents, we have this problem, right? If if you're my age or or or, or older, yeah. like, and maybe even younger than me, I'm not sure where you fit in. Yeah, I'm 37. <laughs> but, like, probably with you, too. Like, I, did, I didn't grow up as a teenager or as a child with the internet. Right. And so I, I luckily, thank goodness for my children, it's my business to know, but most people our age who are parents, they didn't, you know, I, they think, you know, they can take care of their kids because they've been there. I've right. got my heart broken before. I, I had to deal with bullies on the playground. I yeah. crashed I crashed a car into a fence. Hey, sweetie, I've been there. I can, but there's one place that they yeah. have not <laughs> Yeah. The internet with hormones and, and kids, they don't have that. They don't know what it's like. Right. right. It's hard to even imagine there was a time with no cell phones or internet, but that was my entire youth and adolescence. Right. Right. And so parents get tricked. Like, for example, I, and these are parents that like are well educated and yeah. have a stable environment for their kids, but their kids playing Fortnite or something. And they mm -hmm. have no idea there's a communication board on Fortnite. Yep. They have no idea. They think the kids playing the computer because when we were kids playing Atari, right. Yeah. Playing, <laughs> or Nintendo, let's go. Yeah. We we were playing the computer guy. And, yeah. and the kids, no, your kids not playing the computer guy. Your kids playing who they think is Johnny down the street, but it's really, you know, it's Mr. Jefferson two states away who's 60 years old trying to access your kid. Like yeah. this is what we see. And and parents are just oblivious and they find out later, like, what? And, and you met the guy? Well, I thought Wait, was where like, to meet up with who? Right. <laughs> it's exactly. And so anywhere, social media, gaming, anywhere yeah. there's communications and the parents just don't get it. They don't understand. So that's one reason we put this film out. In fact, mm -hmm. I'm going to send you a link to it. Yes, sir. Uh, it's happening right here. A lot of it is filmed it's actually in Southern California because that's where I spent most of my time as, as a, when I was a federal agent. Awesome. Southern California. But I'm going to send you the link and we can get it out. Yep. To your folks, because th that t tells the entire thing what's happening how to avoid it you got this romeo thing this romeo traffickers who uh yep. you know this is what we, again these, these these girls who are even in affluent areas they're being trafficked while going home every day because they have sex with their their boyfriend who they're going to keep for two months he mm -hmm. takes a video of it he she breaks up with him he says hey babe look what i got and i also have your entire church congregation email list they're right. all going to get the sex video and grandma and grandpa are too unless you keep turning tricks for me and my friends. This girl's being trafficked in every way, but she yeah. goes home and has dinner every night with her parents in her gated community. Like yeah. the kind of tricks that are happening and people don't even know, parents have no clue. Yeah, absolutely.
Man, that's powerful. So handing your kid a cell phone, letting them roam free on the internet. I mean, it's almost like giving them a license to drive a car before they know how to drive it. You know, a hundred percent. That's what it's like. It's like, and it's also like handing them a stack of playboys. You know, like when I was a kid, if I wanted to look and I'm, I mean, <laughs> I wanted to look. I wanted to be in your boat, man. I couldn't find it if I wanted to. I didn't know. I know right? <laughs> like, I think I had one friend who had a dirty uncle and we, sometimes we got access. Like that was it. That was right? it. Parents give an iPhone. It's like, hey, here's, here's like the last I 10 years. Imagine. A hustler. <laughs> Here you go. Like, <laughs> But it's it's a tough thing. This is where parents have to be parents. Right. Because I also don't think it's wise to say, you get no iPhone until you're 18. Well, that's crazy. That's like saying, I'm not going to teach you to drive. And when you're when you're 18, you're out of the house. You're gonna, your first move is going to be, you're going to crash into a tree and kill yourself. No, you got to teach them. You got to give it to them, but teach them, understand the apps, understand the system, the technology, and, and, and teach them into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and parents don't want to take the time to do that. Parents are lazy. Yeah. Right? They want to be the friend, not the parent. And that's right. a problem. We've got to stand up and, and defend our kids by parenting them. Yeah, 100%. And it's got to be the most important thing. Because these days, we're all strung out. You know, like there's the middle class is hustling, man, trying to make ends meet. And it's real easy to get really tired and let a lot of things in your backfield, you know, let a lot of things in your backfield slide, whether it's your relationship with your spouse or the time you're spending with your kids. Um, and I mean, I don't know. I mean, as a 37 year old guy, I'm thinking ahead and I'm looking ahead and I'm like, man, my, my productivity, my bandwidth, like, how can I spread these things? Like I need to create a situation where I can actually not be in the slave trade as much and actually make sure I'm protecting and providing and being respectable and and being around my kids and, and my family and my wife. And you guys gotta be, this is chess. It's not checkers <laughs> and you need Jesus <laughs> to figure it out. hundred <laughs> percent, man. No, that's good. That's, those are good thoughts, you know, protect. I mean, and there, there's some software out there too that can help uh, keep a lot of these things off devices from what I'm seeing as I prepare to deal with it, you know, in my backfield as well. Um, but uh, yeah, no, hundred percent. And if you're respectable, you can, you can, you can influence your children too. So there's, I think there's also a piece about, you know, when your kid looks at the world and looks at you, be the type of person that they actually think like, well, maybe I should listen to this guy <laughs> to the best of your ability. I'm still a young parent, so I don't know how crazy it gets, you know, but that's it's what I'm crazy, thinking. Girl. I got, I got a, mine's go from 23 down to six. Yeah. I got the whole span going, man. It's good stuff, man. What would you say is the hardest lesson you've lived out here in this, that you've learned in this battle, the hardest lesson you've learned in this battle? Uh, by far, it's, it's, it's forgiving. Really? Ooh. Yeah. I, oh my gosh. I'd say, cause you have to, you have to, he's told us you have to <laughs> 70 times seven. I, I write that down often. 70 times seven, 70 times seven, because you know, not only you, you're confronting these people who are doing the most horrific things to children. Mm-hmm. You think, okay, Jesus loves you. I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to comprehend that. Mm-hmm. I have to forgive you. And, and, you know, and then these people who we, you know, you come home, you come home, and you get beat up by the good guys and it's like same thing i gotta forgive you i gotta forgive you right uh, you know because if i don't i become i become dark awesome. i won't be able to be a tool in, in in god's hands that's hard for me i'm not very good at it mm-hmm. I'm, I'm working on it mm-hmm. i'm working at learning how to forgive people it's hard for me <laughs> yeah 
No, that's understandable, man. We have to protect our hearts because out of our hearts, everything comes out of our hearts, you know, and I, I can absolutely see how you can get poisoned. I, I remember being in Iraq and being in some situations where I was just like, man, you know, that this, the things that are happening around me are filling up, filling me up and changing me, or I'm feeling like I need to change to be more of an, a, a, an animal to fit this environment. And then I remember having to kind of process that and letting that stuff go and knowing where to put those things as a survival mechanism when you're in that darkness. So I was capable of some stuff. I'm thinking to myself like, you know, you know, take a look at what you're thinking about when you get back to the civilian sector and see if you still feel the same way. And I was like, yeah, man, that's that's very important for any hero, I think. Absolutely. Especially one doing what, what you're doing, sir. That's uh, unimaginable, I think, for most what would you say is one of your proudest moments doing this work? You know, I think, um, so the, the, to answer that, it's going to be the part two to my, to my wife saying to me on the second, in the second week of December of 2013, mm -hmm. um, I will not let you jeopardize my salvation by not doing this. So a few months later, we do our very first operation in Haiti. Yeah. You go in search of the little boy and there's a documentary on Amazon prime that tells this whole story. It's called operation to Saint. But we 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 got in there and looked for the little boy. Uh, the little boy is the, the the evidence we had about the traffickers who took him led us to a compound mm -hmm. uh, that was um, it looked like an orphanage. It said orphanage on the outside. Okay. What it was was a trafficking organization that was taking children who had been abandoned or whose kids had died in the earthquake in 2010. Mm -hmm. um, they just collect them there and then and then you know pedophiles, traffickers, labor traffickers, whoever organ harvesters come and just buy the kids. So we ended up doing a whole sting operation and the little boy we were looking for wasn't there. Um, we still have yet to find him, but uh, I remember we went in thinking he was there. On mm -hmm. February 18th, 2014, we took the place down, we did a sting operation. We bought two kids in the sting uh, and the little boy that we were looking for, his name was Gardy. He was not there. Mm -hmm. Now, Gardy's the son of a pastor in, in Haiti. And and um, so that's through those Christian channels, we kind of learned about him and the little boy had been born in the U.S. So I thought I could, you know, that's why I thought I could make it work as a U.S. agent. But I had already left at this point. I was with with the foundation. So, yeah, I, I go back to him and and uh, he's he's waiting in a hotel. He's waiting for me to walk in with his son, you know, in my arms and I can deliver him. Yeah, and we thought sure for sure, and he. I walk into the hotel. He's just he. He sees me. I'm already crying. He's crying. I sit down. I I I, I eke out the words to him. I said, "Look, we, we did get 28 kids out. Um, you know, we took them down, but but Gardy wasn't there, and 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 I look up, and this this pastor's not crying anymore, and he's like, he has this big smile on his face, you know, and and he and he says, um, he says, "Why are you crying? You just." You just told me that 28 kids were rescued? I said, yeah, but I, I'm crying because of the one that wasn't. <laughs> yeah. And he said, Tim, don't you see what happened here? He said, don't you understand that if my guardy had not been kidnapped, you guys wouldn't have come here. These 28 kids would have been severely abused and trafficked. And then he said, maybe one of the most profound things I've heard a human being say. And he said, if I have to give up my son so that those 28 kids could be rescued, and that's a burden I'm willing to bear. Then the next day he goes to the police station with me and he says to them, 
if you can't find the parents of these 28 kids who were rescued in the name of my son, I will take them home. And this man, his name is Gesno Marty. He took home eight kids that day. I'm watching this scene just like, what in the world? Who is this guy? He, he yeah. for that. Now we, we raised money later, but he didn't ask for that. He did the right thing first, right? Wow. So I'm going to answer your question still. The proudest moment comes that night when I call my wife. Okay. You know, we're out of money. Remember, I told you we had, we had raised enough money. I, I had a couple thousand dollars stocked away. I'm a federal, I mean, I'm a stable job, but not a lot of money. Yeah. You're yeah. running on Jesus right now. <laughs> I got six kids. Yeah. We're going to be out of money by June or July if we don't start raising money, right? Right. And I get on the phone. I'm like, Catherine, you won't believe the story. I told her about these two little kids. And, oh, man, they were protecting each other. during the. At one point, I had to, like, tell the kids, like, they're, they're one and two-year-old named Colleen and Colleen. I'm oh. like, hey, I'm on your side. Like, don't be scared of me. Like, I'm going to keep you together, you know? And, and so they were the kids that we took to the sting operation and bought them. And anyway, so I'm telling Catherine, my wife, the story about Gesno, the, the, you know, this Haitian pastor. And, and then I get to the part where he takes these eight kids home, right? Mm -hmm. After finding his own kid. And, and, and Catherine's just silent on the other side. And she's like, well, don't you want to be like this guy? Like, Gesno, I'm like, yeah, Catherine, yeah, you know. I want to be like him. <laughs> Right. Like, yeah. And, like, where, are you, where are you going? Where are you going with this line of questioning? <laughs> she's like, well, if he can take eight, did you find the family of the two kids that you tell Colleen and Colleen? I said, oh, no, their parents are dead. Like, they died. And it's like, okay, well, then I want to be their mother. And I'm just, I'm on the phone just going, you, wait, what? Like, I don't think I really meant. I didn't really mean <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like it's time to put the money where the mouth is what money right. <laughs> so my proudest moment is that i didn't respond in a way that made her have to repeat her whole <laughs> salvation quote to me right? oh man that's awesome <laughs> i'm more proud of her than me okay mm -hmm. but at least i didn't like question to the point where she had to throw that line out because that hurt the first time and it had only been like two weeks or right. two months right? so um so we did it, you know, we brought the kids home and 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 we, we had another baby, actually, a biological child that we didn't expect. So mm. we ended up now we got now we got nine kids. Wow. <laughs> but um it was a blessing, I'll tell you why, because um defying all evidence, all all, all scientific uh you know logic and logic, the baby was 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 conceived, but we know why, because um so Catherine was praying to God just like how do I raise two children who I don't even speak their language or, or know their culture and help me, help me, help me, help me. And they would have been the two cabooses at the, the, at the end. Okay. Well, well, then God blesses us with this little Daniel, right? Yeah. So he, makes the, he becomes the caboose. And so when the kids came from Haiti, man, my, my daughter, Colleen, just, she becomes second mother. Mm. Daniel, right? She comes yeah. in with, she comes in in the middle, not at the end. And we recognize the hand of God. Like that was the answer. The That's answer cool. to help us get ready is I'm going to bless you with another, another mouth to feed and a little, another baby. And, and he's, you know, so again, back to the blue flame thing. Like if you ask him and you want it, let, let him give it to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're going to need him. That's going to be the, that's going to be the only way you're not going to come apart in midair. That's and, right. And, and don't forget that once you get out of the desert, man, once you get through the hard part in it, 
and you get to the the land of milk and honey, just don't forget that, man. That, that's you the whole forget, thing. Right? Don't forget. That's such a beautiful story. Uh, there's so much emotion. You're just telling me the story. I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't feel anything all week. But that right there was like, you know, I could only imagine. You get back and you're you're bracing for impact. The pastor is just such a man of God. He's like, you know, I mean, just the the, the paradigm to arrive at that conclusion in a not months later after I had time to think about it and you know you know do all the things we do. Crazy, wow, Amazing. beautiful. That's man. what Jesus would do, right? It's like you don't need to consult the, the scriptures on this one. Like, what do you do? Oh. There's eight kids. I'll take them. I'll take yeah. them. Yeah. Ah. Like, rise yeah. to the occasion rise to the call that's so good man that's awesome stuff okay <laughs> we're getting into the closing questions that's good stuff that synthesize what um so like media operations people that want to learn more about kind of you guys uh, you know your story i know you said you had some movies coming out some documentaries what can people dig into to understand you know more of the work i know you got some stuff out there well, you can, people can go to OURrescue.org. We have lots of stories, lots of videos explaining. Also, the Nazarene Fund.org yeah. um, to learn about that work. And then we have a we have an, a, an Emmy-winning documentary called Operation Two Saint, which tells the whole story mm -hmm. of what I just told you what happened in Haiti. Um, and that's on Amazon Prime. Um, and then, of course, the big one, the big thing is July 4th. Yes. Um, this movie was made, you know, this movie starring Jim Caviezel and He's, he's the actor I requested, by the way, because when they came to say, who, who's going to play you? I, I said, look, I don't like Hollywood. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the demand that I'm fighting, the, the, the human trafficking is thanks to Hollywood, right? The demand yeah. is created by sex addiction. And I said, I, I don't know who to say other than the guy that I know loves Jesus because the, Jim Caviezel loves Jesus. He played Jesus and in the passion and so i'm like him modern faith him. Jesus. <laughs> yes and so so that film comes out july 4th and i'm so grateful it's, it's being distributed by angel studios which is the the makers of the only tv show my family watches which is the chosen the heck yeah awesome oh it's just it's our fit so i'm just i'm so thrilled this movie's been through disney it's been fox and every time they touch these hands i'm like no no don't let them have it and yeah thank god it ended up with angel studios <laughs> And and they're killing it. I can I can report that I just learned last night that they just broke a box office record. Uh, they've sold over over two point or over two million. I think it's much higher than I'm going to be conservative, but over two right. million dollars in box office pre-sales for a wow. movie that comes July fourth. So people of light are there. They're out there. So we yeah. ask you go to angel.com, buy your tickets. Yeah. Uh, you can take this for other people. You can pay it for it and actually buy. Even for random people, it'll be distributed to different theaters. Every we want two million people in the theaters on July fourth, representing the two million children that we know are currently in the commercial sex trade. So that's where people can go right now. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Great work. No, I love it. And I'd love to send you a screener, by the way, of the film. If you'd like to watch this, we can send you a screener of the. Oh, of perfect. Yes. And talk to your people about it. So. Heck yeah, I'll blast it out, man. I'll blast it. I, you got my sword and shield. You know that. I come work out with you. We got to get you on some ops, bro, because you got the background and the heart. And yes, sir. Talk about uh, that too. It'd be an absolute honor. Let's do it. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Final question that I like to ask is, um, what's it all for in the end, man? You know, how do you want to be remembered? I want honestly. I, I want to be remembered as as someone who just 
with all my weaknesses and stumblings and failures and they're everywhere that I always just tried to do the will of God. Like, and, and sometimes the will of God was irrational and insane. And that's, I learned from, from the pastor, Marty, guard, uh, uh, Marty, right. I called it irrational service. I want to be known for someone who, who does who yes. commits acts of irrational service. Yes. That's where Jesus takes you. If you go irrational service, right. Taking wow. eight children when you have no money, but they're arrested in the name of your kid and you just take them home and you don't know that's irrational service <laughs> and it turns the lights on. You're filled yeah. with the Holy ghost when you do this. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And, then, and then all sorts of good things are happening. So I want to be known as the guy who in the name of Jesus committed acts of irrational service, irrational service, man. That's so good. I got two titles, blue flame or irrational service, <laughs> irrational service. Great titles. Wow, man. One last question I like to ask that I skipped though. Uh, is there a habit that you would suggest to folks um, that would make them better people, better protectors, something that you do in 24 hours that people uh, should look at? Prayer, prayer slash meditation. Mm. Man, it's, it's amazing what God will bless you with if you give him just a few minutes, right? Yeah. Sit down in a quiet place, find your practice, whatever it is, and seek the download because, you know, if you knock, it shall be opened unto you. And that's a real thing. Yep. Now that, you know, I wouldn't know even what's probably what to do that, that that day, you know, but with that, things clear up pretty quick. Yeah. 100%. You find that true north and then hammer. I love it. Well, this has been awesome. I mean, I knew it was going to be, but this has been an amazing, amazing conversation. I think we shed some lights on some good things, gave people some good things to think about, to implement uh, some places you go and learn more, some ways to support um, you know, the media operations coming up. And I mean, if they want to get a hold of, you know, what you're doing in the digital space, you know, where can they find you? Is it undergroundrailroad.com or we'll have the links in the show notes, y'all. So just go down there and click. But O-U-R-O-U-R-Rescue.org or at O-U-R Rescue is our handle on social. And then um, or angel.com to get your tickets. That's angel.com. There first. Now's the window to go to angel.com and go see Sound of Freedom on July 4th. Awesome. And then the Nazarene Fund? It's at thenazarenefund.org. Awesome. Sweet. Hey, once again, man, it's such an honor. Such an honor. Thanks again. And I look forward to doing more cool stuff. I'm yeah, we'll come see you when I'm, I'm down there all the time. So we'll we'll hit you up and uh, I'd love to come worship with you and hang out, work out, whatever. So. Yes, sir. All right, cool. We're going to do it. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Thanks so much once again for your time, Tim. It's an honor. Thank all you. Right. Boom. Boom! Quick shout out to our sponsor, Staccato. My first pistol sponsor. Um, I've been sponsored by a lot of companies, right, over the years. But when it comes to pistol, that's my bread and butter. Pistol is something I believe in. You know, I'm a competitive shooter. You know, we're shooting anywhere from, you know, 800 rounds a month type of thing, right? So Staccato, being what I believe, is one of, if not the most complete handguns you can put in your hand. Um, it's got every component that a handgun could have, should have. Uh, they're actually extremely dependable now that they've made some changes. And these things are straight up tack drivers. If you're looking for a pistol that will do as much of the work for you as a piece of hardware can, obviously you have to have the, the, the marksmanship and all the different things, but different guns perform at different levels. And I want to say that Staccato is one of by far, for sure, take it from a competitive shooter, we're shooting the highest volumes of rounds constantly right now, not used to have a background guy, but like 
right now, when you go shoot, you're gonna see certain brands. Cicado is one of, if not the highest performing firearm that is both CCW, duty ready, and also competitive ready. So I wanna give them a shout out if you guys are looking for a good handgun to build your skills on top of, go check out Cicado. Much love and respect. Boom, yo, what up? I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. Hey, listen, in order to get more out of the brand, I want to encourage you to go join us on our social media platforms and join us at protectornation.com. We post different types of content on our different platforms at different times. Uh, you'll get blog posts, you'll get videos, you'll get real world combat engagements and things like that. So stay plugged in in order to get the most out of the brand. In order to support us, also go to protectornation.com and buy something or join forces with me on Patreon. You'll scroll down the homepage and you'll see the link. Uh, anything you can give counts, you know, think about whatever you would lose in your cushions or like spend on McDonald's this month, five bucks a month, whatever it is. Uh, that helps, that helps us make the world a better place by making good people dangerous. Anyways, this is Byron Rogers, protector by nature and by trade. And I'll see you on the next piece of content, whether it's a video or podcast out.